0: Hello and welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and I'm joined today by Christian Rivas. Christian, I was just thinking how the last time you and I talked about Lakers-Denver was game two of the Western Conference (laughs) Finals when Anthony Davis hit the shot of all shots. And during the first half of this game, I could not think of a stranger dichotomy of two games to talk about, but hey, the Lakers picked it up.
1: Yeah, particularly when it comes to Anthony Davis, but uh, that is a conversation I'm sure we'll have throughout the show. Uh, but, you know, similar ending, not as close, although it looked like if the Lakers were going to come back into it, it it would have been that close. But it wasn't because, um, I don't know, I guess they just tried for a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So let's get the big details in here. You know, Lakers win 114 to 93. They outscore the Nuggets. Let's see if I can do math in my head. 68 to 35 in the second half. 68 to 35. I think Billy Mack was saying on the broadcast that the Nuggets have not scored below 103 in the entire season. They ended today with 93, which is 10 points less than 103. Quite
1: the finish. (laughs) A lot, of, a lot of math done. A lot of and math. If, if, if you came here thinking we were going to talk about basketball and not math, find a new podcast. They must not know
0: me very well if they're <laughs> listening to this podcast and not expecting some math. Anyway, uh, you mentioned Anthony Davis. I think we can hold off on him for a little bit. Number one positive thing that stood out to you, Christian. Go.
1: Uh, The way the Lakers defended Nikola Jokic was awesome. The fact that he didn't have a triple-double. He came close, not going <laughs> to lie. I think he uh, ended with... Four assists shy of a triple-double, had 13, 10, and 6. Uh, but, I mean, with the exception of a few possessions in the first quarter, I thought they did a really, really good job on him. Uh, I also thought Dennis Schroeder did a pretty fantastic job keeping Jamal Murray quiet. I know he's not known for his defense, but he's he's a, dare I say, a, a menace on the defensive end when he wants to be. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I was cracking up because I was watching this game with my brother and, uh, either Billy or Stu said, you know, Dennis the menace. And he was like, oh, that's the first time I've heard that. I was like, thank <laughs> goodness for that. because I can't get out, yeah. out of my head. But yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I know during the first half, I just kind of kept waiting for him to like inject his pace into the game. And, uh, there are a couple of plays that really stood out for me with him. One is obviously the dive, uh, or the, the multiple dives that he made for the loose ball in the first right. half which, I mean, Frank Vogel was so happy that he was the one that picked him off off the court off of that one. And then, uh, incidentally, I thought the technical foul really got him going, too, when yeah. he thought that Jokic had hit him on the wrist, and then he sort of jabbed at the ref a little bit. And I want to say it was 69 to 63 at that point. And then the Lakers proceeded to just say, oh, no, <laughs> this is our game. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it
0: was 69 to 63. And then by the end of the quarter, it was 83 to 75. So I'm not going to do more math. I'm just going to say that <laughs> little deficit turned into big lead. And I don't think the timing was coincidental.
1: They they say that when you get angry, you yell in like your native language. But Dennis Ruder did not yell in German. I think I would have much preferred it. I don't know. See, I don't know if he would have gotten a technical if he yelled in German because they wouldn't have known... Who or what he was referring to, <laughs> I, I think, if I heard correctly, he just yelled, Come on! Mm-hmm. and uh, I saw the little at least he got a capital T. You see the refs these days, sometimes they do like the lowercase t, ah,
0: uh, yes, with just two fingers, yeah, of full hands.
1: <laughs> uh, Schroeder got both hands, but yeah, he yeah. was he was fantastic. Uh, I was like, Kyle Kuzma was great again, he had a few possessions where he got switched on to Jokic. and... Use his length to disrupt him a little bit. Uh, Ultimately, Jokic is going to win that battle nine times out of ten because he's just a lumbering and large human being. Uh, But really good. When you look back at this game from the Lakers, it's an effort win. Like They weren't spectacular offensively. The types of looks they were getting uh, weren't a result of them making tough shots. You can argue (laughs) a lot of the looks they got were... A result of really tough passes from LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, but not not exactly an offensive game from the Lakers. And I think if you're Frank Vogel against the Denver Nuggets, uh, you have to be happy with with the way they, you know, brought things together towards the end of the third and, and through the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I, I saw this on Twitter. Uh, I think it was from the Kamanetsky brothers who were saying that they're Frank Vogel's probably pretty happy that this is the kind of game that the Lakers had to win where the offense was ugly and they just have to grit it out on the defensive end, you know, because this team can score, obviously like this offense is supremely powerful. You've got LeBron, and Anthony Davis, you've got shooters all up and down the court and just a number of playmakers offense really shouldn't be a problem, especially against a team like Denver that has occasionally struggled on the defensive end, but right. having to get that done on the defensive end is, it's just really satisfying to watch for this particular Lakers team because they they don't always have to lock in, right? Like we've seen so many stretches this season where they've just decided like midway through the fourth quarter to turn it on. And that's enough to make a run to get back into the game, but Denver's good. Yeah. So they couldn't just wait that long, right? They had to turn it on in the second half, get back into this game. And then you got fortuitous, uh, Jokic fourth foul, which allows them to keep that smaller lineup in and keep the, you know, that frenetic energy going for a little bit longer, which I thought was really crucial, but yeah. Um, Effort all up and down. And uh, I'm so glad that I get to do this podcast with you today because I want to just go back to Kyle Kuzma for a second. <laughs> uh, looking at his statue, I'm like kind of surprised that he only had three rebounds because I thought he was boxing out really, really well. But um, Kuzma's just like everywhere, right? Like he streaks the floor to make that um, block on Michael Border Jr. Uh, yeah. on the three pointer, right? On the fast break. He's like uh, the recipient of outlet passes. He's running the floor in transition. He's like, you know, moving the ball around in the half court, like taking open threes, not making all of them. I think he only had what 11 points, but it just felt like he was everywhere. And it's, it's so strange. Like the, the more he gets marginalized on offense, the more he just finds additional ways to contribute to winning. And it's really, really impressive because I don't think anybody saw this career arc coming for Kyle Kuzma and he's making himself Indispensable to the Lakers. Like I know we talk about him as like the the team's major trade piece, but I don't think the Lakers function without what Kyle Kuzma brings at this point.
1: Yeah, I think in his current iteration, you you hear a lot of talk about the Lakers' death lineup and the closing lineup they'll use in the postseason. Uh, He wasn't in that lineup a lot of times last postseason, uh, and I think. The general conversation around Kuzma, which includes myself, was Kyle Kuzma is a decent player, but he's not better than anyone else up on the roster at any one thing. I thought, you know, this idea that he's a stretch four and was going to play really well off of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think that was the expectation that a lot of people had for him. And then when Markeith Morris came in and, you know, even having Jared Dudley on the bench, it's like, those are two guys that do that job better than Kyle Kuzma does. Um, this year, you have a guy that just plays hard as hell off of the bench. And when it comes to energy guys on the roster, I i mean, outside of Montrez Harrell and, and Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma is the guy you look for for that spark plug off of the bench. And, you know, unlike Schroeder and Harrell, I know we just praised Schroeder for his defensive effort tonight. Uh, Kuzma is capable of defending, I think, multiple positions, which is part of the reason why Frank Vogel was comfortable playing him at the two in that in that lineup to close the third quarter we talk about the Lakers going small in, in, in at the end of that third quarter, but you had THT, Kuzma, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Montrez Harrell on the court. True, so true. the only player that was undersized was Montrez Harrell. I guess um, I'm
0: thinking more of the start of the fourth.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which that, I mean, I wrote a whole story on that lineup, but they've, they've been ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if this was Caruso's best game tonight, but uh, yeah, that lineup has just destroyed worlds. But yeah, Kuzma... I hate comparing Kuzma to, like, rookie or sophomore Kuzma, but seeing Kuzma get out on the break and, and have his hands up for those passes, run out to the corner, had shades of, of rookie Kyle Kuzma, but just, you know, with, with a better understanding of how to play basketball, which is awesome. That If there's one arc you look over career, uh, 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 Kuzma's career development, it's the fact that he knows he knows how to play basketball.
0: Yeah, I, I will say the one thing that I really like about Kuzma that he has carried over from his rookie year is just the confidence to take the shots. Because we see some of the Laker role players and they're like in perfect position and they don't want to let it fly. And I'm not saying that Kuzma should always let it fly. Like there are positions when like maybe the best option is not for Kuzma to take the shot. Maybe it's for him to keep the ball moving. But I do appreciate that he consistently has the belief in himself that he will make the play Um, and that I think carries over from those first two seasons in the league when he got to have such an enormous responsibility offensively for the Lakers and you know maybe it's not like again maybe it's not always the best case scenario for the Lakers that Kuzma is has this belief in himself (laughs) but I think it's a good thing for role players to like have that confidence when they're put in a position to succeed like I can do this and Kuz definitely is the belief that he can do it
1: (laughs) what's funny to me And I don't know if if you've caught this in each of the games Lakers have played against the Nuggets in the past few years. It's weird to me that Kyle Kuzma gets up, seemingly, to play Michael Porter Jr. Oh, he totally does. There's something about those one-on-ones with Michael Porter Jr. where he's like, I need to win this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was very much a thing in the playoffs last year when Michael Porter Jr. was on his bubble run. And he was putting up, like, you know, 20 plus points in a lot of these playoff games and you saw like every time he would take a shot Kuzma would be like okay my eyes so time like, I got to go <laughs> shot for shot with this guy and it did not go well for Kuzma in that series like yeah. uh, he was significantly outplayed by MPJ like he was getting in foul trouble he was fighting on his fakes um thankfully Porter is not in the same uh shape or you know in that same flow that he was back then because uh I would hope that you know Kuzma didn't get caught up in it again but yeah I don't. <laughs> It is like they weren't in the same draft class uh they weren't in the same high school class uh, I don't like they're not from Michigan together I, I don't know yeah. why they have this like thing you know if anything like Kuzma would get like amped by playing Monte Morris or something you know because they are childhood <laughs> friends but hey whatever it is Kuzma brought it and like you said you know Caruso is usually the guy that's bringing energy off the bench and he just wasn't what the Lakers needed on offense day like I credit to him he did a decent job defending Jamal Murray but like he didn't bring that spark that they needed on the scoring end. Kuzma did. And, you know, there was also somebody else that the Lakers got a huge spark from, and I think we'll save that till after the break. But anything else <laughs> that you wanted to add before then,
1: Christian? Uh, no, we can, we can uh, talk about the rest of the game after the break. All right.
0: All right. Well, at the risk of burying the lead, the Lakers beat the Nuggets, and it'd be hard for us to say that they could do it without the services of one Talon Horton Tucker.
1: Ooh. Okay. I didn't know that's what you were gonna talk about. But I'm I'm happy to. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, let's I mean it should have first. been
0: LeBron James, right? Like that's what I was clearly leaning towards. Uh, LeBron is just so consistently excellent that I feel the need to just, you know, I don't feel the need to constantly bring him up, right? Like he, yes, he passed Wilt Chamberlain for third all time in field goals made in NBA history. That is a monumental achievement. Wilt and yet all yeah, of his Wilt stats Chamberlain.
1: seem made up. That right. Wilt- <laughs>
0: This is a guy who averaged 50 points per game during a season, who averaged over 48 minutes per game that season because he played in a couple overtimes and just never sat. Uh, And LeBron James just passed him on the all-time made field goals list when all Wills had to do was just, like, get offensive rebounds and put them back into the hoop because everybody else was six (laughs) inches shorter than him. Yeah, this is what it's come to with LeBron. I'm so accustomed to his excellence that, like, I mean, okay. There's certain things that still make me like get up in my seat. Like when he threw a couple of those bullet outlet passes. Yeah. Oh my God. The one to Trez, like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, that that was on, just a, it was on a tightrope. Like, and he had one. I don't know what it reminded me of. It's like a mix of like a discus throw, and something else. Uh, he had a pass towards Taylor Horton Tucker where he kind of just like. Wrote it to the side and and it found THT who, yeah, as, as you were getting to just had a fantastic, he's good. Like, he's good. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, there's a reason Wesley Matthews has been glued to the bench. These last three games, um, Kaelin Horton Tucker's is, is ready.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so weird because I, I find myself like I watch him on defense and like, he makes some mistakes here and there. And I think like, Oh, you know, Frank's not going to let this kid play important minutes because you have to earn it on the defensive end of the floor. Right. But he has just made himself so indispensable with like the plays he makes. Like, yeah, maybe he gets lost on a rotation or he like um unnecessarily doubles when he's not supposed to but then like his hands are just everywhere and he gets yeah. into the passing lanes and he forces turnovers and then the gall this kid has to just go into the paint at whoever <laughs> is against him and just be like, "Nah, no, I we'll find an angle to score. Like I can do it. I am Talon Horton Tucker is, is remarkable. Like I, I don't even have words to describe what he's doing. Like he's 20 years old. He shouldn't be doing this right now.
1: Yeah. There are two players in the league right now that when they put their arms up near the hoop, I just assume the ball's going in. One is Taylor Horton Tucker. The other one is Boban. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, the way Taylor uses his body. To get to the spots he wants to in the paint is so impressive. Like it is I I don't know what information the Lakers Scouting Department has. Maybe, you know, this time around there was LeBron James told that story that you know he went to go see THT and and told That's
0: Simeon, right? In Chicago. Yeah.
1: Told Rob you gotta check this kid out. Um God bless LeBron. <laughs> uh I'm a little, I'm a little upset he couldn't get, you know, one of Demarcus or Quinn to, to take a pay cut, uh, to, to give THD that third guaranteed year. But yeah, otherwise, you know, shout out to LeBron, shout out to THD, uh, the real stars of the Lakers.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, I, I don't want to diminish what LeBron James did, but like this is a game where. The, the Lakers were flailing in the first half, right? Like offensively, they had no real sense of what they were doing. They were stuck at 40 points for an inordinately long period of time in that second quarter. It was reminding yeah. me of like that Detroit game last week where they were just stuck at 87 forever and ever. And it's like, when is this going to change? <laughs> um, and like they, they just needed some extra source of life. And you think like, oh, they have like the deepest bench in the league. Like surely Caruso or Trez or Kuzma would be the one to provide that. And I mean – this guy just can run an actual NBA offense, like effectively at his age. Uh He knows, I mean, obviously I want, I, I want to say he knows what reads to make, but like, let's face it. When he goes to the basket, he's looking to score. Like there's, there's very few other options right. happening for him, <laughs> but he's, he's hitting the jumpers, you know, like when he's uh open on the perimeter for a spot up, he, like you mentioned, like he just, he finishes everything around the basket Um even though he, gets lost sometimes on defense because nba defense is hard to learn when you're 20 years old he just has ability to get back into the play and you know make something happen yeah Uh, i'm just you know you you and i obviously have been watching a lot of tyrese halliburton recently and it's just like what was up with that iowa state team
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they they yeah just smart and just really talented basketball players yeah yeah
0: And so fun to watch. Like the last time the Lakers had a guy this young who was this good was Andrew Bynum. And um, let's just say the stories that I heard about Andrew Bynum's work ethic do not jive (laughs) with the stories that I've heard about Talens. I'm not making any personal judgments on the two of them. (laughs) Just going off of what I've heard, it's a little different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I well, first of all, how dare you? Jordan Clarkson (laughs) erasure if there's age, anybody age my guy okay <laughs> uh the last i was i was actually going to say the last time i've seen a player attack the basket as confidently as Taylor horton tucker has this young into his career is probably jordan clarkson jabari <laughs> brown too but a little different oh um career paths there
0: another another college team that the lakers paid too much attention to that missouri <laughs> team in 2014
1: so yeah, shout out Mizzou. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he's He's awesome. Um, I I don't know what the Lakers are gonna do or or what predicament they'll find themselves with, you know, Shrewder Caruso and Talen all needing new contracts. Uh, but I, I at least I can find some solace in knowing that Tht will probably be a Laker for a long time. Uh, and that, that feels good.
0: <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's just about how much luxury tax they want to pay, right? Yeah. <laughs> Golden State's going to assume $50 million in luxury tax payments to add Kelly Oubre. Maybe the Lakers can stomach a little bit to pay Taylor Horne, Tucker, and Alex Caruso because, oof. I mean, I know it hurt to lose the other kids, but to lose kids who won a championship, yeah, that could be painful. Um, but yeah. Enough about Talon. I guess we should talk about LeBron James. (laughs) LeBron Raymond James.
1: (laughs) What I see, I'm guilty of the same thing when it comes to LeBron. Like towards the end of my story, I just offhandedly mentioned that LeBron James had a triple double, and like I didn't even mention the fact that he passed Wilt Chamberlain uh, for third on all time on the field goals made list. He's he's absurd and. I have I I think Joel Embiid and Beed Nikola Jokic have been so good this season. Like so so good. Especially Jokic. I've I've been watching a lot more Nuggets as of late because of him and and he's n- not just one of the best passing big men the NBA has ever seen. I think he's one of the best straight up passers. He's he's that good. Um but if I had if I had to vote today, I think I'd vote LeBron James.
0: Yeah, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. Um, I believe my argument was dimmed a little when the Lakers lost to Philadelphia, considering Joel is, you know, LeBron's prime competition for this award, I would think just record wise, you know, MVPs usually come from the top of the conferences. Uh, The fact that they just lost to a Portland team minus Dame Lillard makes me feel a little bit better (laughs) about (laughs) LeBron's candidacy. Uh, But yeah, I just... He means so much to the Lakers in terms of the energy they bring to the floor, right? Like if his motor is not running, then nobody else on the Lakers really has it that night. Mm-hmm. And he just has a sense of when the team needs him to go into high gear, when the team needs him to be facilitator, when they need him to score. Uh, he knows like when it's time to attack, just or when it's time to just slow the pace down a little bit. Like his every. Every decision he makes on the court seems like the right one and like maybe just because i don't know the game because like <laughs> everything i watch lebron james do i'm just like oh genius uh, <laughs> but again i run out of words to describe this guy with because like what did he do against the Nuggets? right like he starts his jumpers a little um and then he just starts attacking the rim over and over again right like he gets the switch on to jokic flows by him um in the second half, you know, the offensive rebounds were just absolutely killing the Lakers in the first half and they cleaned it up in the second half. You know, Denver only gets uh, six offensive rebounds in that period. And then only two second chance points altogether. Like uh, he he was, he was everywhere, right? He, he got the triple double, like you mentioned, 10 rebounds. He's cleaning the glass. He's delivering those ridiculous lasers up and down the court. Um he hits the fadeaway over Jamal Murray to give the Lakers the lead in the third quarter, the one that they would not relinquish. I mean yeah. I just can't I know I watch the Nuggets, I watch the Sixers and I'm well aware of how much those two players mean to their respective teams. Like admittedly, you take Jokic off of the Nuggets and it's it's not a playoff team. Yeah. I mean we you see that when they played the Lakers, Jokic picks up his fourth foul and all of a sudden it's like, okay, 15-0 run comes, obviously, some, some of that comes with Jokic on the court, but they're, they're not a team that deserves really any extra attention. But the value LeBron adds of making this team, like, fine to being an extraordinarily special, historically great team, like, that means something. He's, he He turns every team he's on into something that, like, everyone talks about. Yeah. and to have that weight on his shoulders all the time and continually deliver like it's it's remarkable
1: what what's crazy about lebron is you put the lineup that the lakers have started the fourth quarter with as of late the Caruso THT lebron kuzma montrez harrell that lineup does not work without lebron james and and his mastery to
0: like you put anthony you know, davis in that lineup and it yeah. doesn't make any sense
1: no it's it's insane what what he means and I think even you know off the court, you, you talk to you talk to people about like the ethos of a locker room and like the attitude of a young player like Taylor Horton Tucker or like Kyle Kuzma when it comes to you know I, I mean I don't know how else to say, but like really just giving a shit about like how they play uh, when you have a guy, like lebron james who leads by example and you know can carry a team the way he has i know it's been said about steph i know it's been said about dane but what lebron james inspires his teammates to do on a night-to-night basis and like on a night like tonight where they really needed uh, a run to to you know come back from a deficit that i believe was at 12 points at 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 one point for denver yeah. It's it's awesome. Um I don't know that Talon or or even Kuzma would would be playing as hard or as well as, as they have been without LeBron. Um he's I I think we're very lucky to have him on the Lakers. <laughs> and uh coincidentally when Wilt Chamberlain set his record, if you will, um for field goals made, he also did it in the Lakers uniform. So
0: yeah, I mean, you think about the top four scores in NBA history, uh, Kareem, Garmalone, LeBron, and Kobe Bryant, all of them scored their final points in a Laker jersey. I'm sorry. Pro. I can't say that about LeBron James. He's not yet done. Yeah. They've scored their Let's most pro. recent points in the Lakers jersey. <laughs> Speak
1: it into existence.
0: Yes. <laughs> that works so well for the Lakers, doesn't it, that phrase? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one last thing before we get out of here. Uh, Montrezl. So. Montrez spent the last three years with the Clippers. Uh, had a very ignominious exit, let's say, after the last year's playoffs when he did not perform well in a series against these Denver Nuggets. And and Cyril shut down Nikola Jokic or anything like that because it was very much a team effort. Yeah, but he showed that he can be on the floor with Jokic and have a positive impact. And he was awesome today. I thought his energy was excellent. Uh, just it must have been so very satisfying. For him to be like, hey, I can be here. You just have to put me in a role that optimizes me. And that's what Frank did.
1: Yeah, just stares directly into the camera and like looks at Doc <laughs> in in his soul. That Because I understand Trez was not perfect in that series by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he obviously had some other stuff going on. And like, you know, coming back to the bubble late probably, the, probably didn't help. Uh, his cause at all, but I think it just ultimately comes down to the types of lineups Montrez plays in, and you know, who knows how that game would have gone if Jokic didn't pick up that fourth foul early, and the Lakers couldn't have turned to that that smaller lineup that they did, um, but I mean, you work with what you're given, Montrez certainly worked with what he was given, uh, and the the one thing, the one constant about Montrez that I admire, uh, especially on nights or haves like today where it just, it didn't seem like anybody cared about like the offensive or defensive glass. Trez always cares, which is, which is cool. And um yeah, I, you know, not just because I want to stick it to, to Clippers fans, but God, I, I hope Trez wins a championship with the Lakers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's like very clear ways to use Montrez, right? Like you play him at center when the backup five is in, right? And he can go up against Isaiah Hartenstein. And yeah, like that lineup was just out-rebounding the hell out of the Lakers in the first half. And a lot mm-hmm. of that was effort. I, I'm not putting that all on Trez. Like no one was boxing out to Michael Green or Paul Millsap or Michael Porter or really any of the other Denver Fords. That doesn't all come down to one guy. And, you know, he was doing just fine on Hartenstein. He can bully him a little bit. He What, what did Montrez end up with? Uh, seven... Sorry, 13 points. It's a pretty good night, plus 12. I mean, and then when Jokic is in the game, you just keep him next to Anthony Davis and Montrez can play the four, right? Like he can hang with guys laterally. Like he's a decently quick defender. Um, I saw him, he didn't. He only ended up four rebounds. Montrez is a very low rebound guy, but he was boxing out, you know? Uh, there, there are just ways to use him. And then like he just punishes guys in the post when you give him a running start like that. There was this one possession where I think Kuzma got the ball, sort of an early transition and he was looking to give it to AD who was posting up, but there wasn't an outlet. And then Trez just comes diving down the lane. Yeah. And Montrez hits him for either a dunker an and An one of one, one the two. But just like he rolls hard. Marcus doesn't really do that. Right. Like he uh, he just provides like a this punishing presence inside the paint that I really like, even if he's only six, seven or however tall he ends up being. But this this is a really good game for Trez. Uh Again, it has to be super satisfying for him. And it's just exciting to see that there are ways to use these guys that, like, they haven't been used before, right? There's there's even more ways to optimize this team than we haven't even thought of.
1: Yeah. I God, I hope not, – not even just because of Trez. I hope Clippers fans weren't watching uh, the Nuggets game because there's nothing funnier to me than seeing Paul Millsap just brick threes <laughs> and the only night he made threes – was against the Clippers in that Game 7. I, I mean, I think it was only two threes, but uh, that is hilarious.
0: Paul Millsap has been one of my favorite players in the league for a very long time. Uh, loved him on the Hawks, loved him on the Jazz. It's it's breaking my heart a little bit to watch him get old. Yeah. Um, and that happens to everybody, you know? Like, it's yes. happening with Griffin confirm. and Russell Westbrook. And, you know, it doesn't happen to LeBron James because LeBron James is a cyborg and defies reality. <laughs> but, yeah, it breaks my heart a little bit to watch Paul because – he was he was a good player good he's player. gonna
1: ring chase next next season paul come to la I don't, guy I don't know how long been, his contract is he's
0: just been <laughs> running into lebron james for years and years and years <laughs> finally decides to come west and lebron's like yeah i'm gonna come to la let's, <laughs> let's do it <laughs> uh, yeah let's see uh the lakers get detroit on saturday um uh, We remember how that game went last week in Detroit. It was awful. I think the worst game the Lakers have played all season. Anthony Davis was not a part of it, but that still does not excuse the Lakers for going scoreless against the Pistons for six and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, I would imagine they come out with some sort of renewed energy in that game. Uh, Then again, this is the Lakers at home and I don't want (laughs) to cash my, you know, bets before it's too early. Uh, Anything you're looking forward to seeing from the Lakers moving forward here?
1: Um I mean, winning some games at home would be nice. Uh, not making some Pistons role player look like a fringe all star would also be nice. Um, beyond that, unless it's V, yeah, unless it's V or even Wayne Ellington, free Wayne Ellington, um, former Laker.
0: We do like Wayne Ellington.
1: Everybody, God, everybody on that Pistons roster, I just want out of Detroit for their for their <laughs> own good. Like Blake Griffin, I understand has probably close to zero trade value if, if not zero trade value right now because of his contract, but for, for the love of Blake just for who he is as a person, as a personality to this league, get him out of Detroit as soon as possible, please. Uh, beyond that. No, I, I just, uh, I would like to see the Lakers win.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a pretty good formula. They are now, <laughs> uh, what are they now? 17 and six. 17 and 6 so that yeah. is a uh, tie with the Clippers in the Western Conference. I want to say for second place in the West behind the Utah Jazz. Who the Gross. Lakers have not yet played this season. That should be fun whenever that happens. I will admit I do not know what the schedule is. So <laughs> <laughs> when they play Utah is uh, your guess is as good as mine. But yeah, that was it was a really fun second half for the Lakers uh again just what was it I did the math earlier. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> it <was laughs> a 30-plus point turnaround against the Denver Nuggets, which really should not be happening against a team that fancies itself a contender. I mean, speaking of players on Detroit who would look better else or Jamie Grant in a Dead yeah. Nuggets uniform. which is, <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> I, apparently the Nuggets couldn't have. Um, <laughs> we got the Nets on the 18th and the Jazz on the 24th, and I want that Jazz game bad because <laughs> my whole brand <laughs> – is built around just slandering the Utah Jazz, and if the if the Jazz finish ahead of the Sandings, not one, not only do I have to concede, but I have to tell my good friend Justin Russo that he's right about the Jazz finishing as the number one seed in the West, and I can tell you I take no pleasure in doing any of those things. So. Well,
0: you know, the Lakers did what they could to keep your bet alive today, Christian, by (laughs) winning a game against the Nuggets where they had no business doing so in the first half. So kudos to the Lakers. Kudos to LeBron James for hitting number three on the all-time field goals list. And kudos to Taylor Horn Tucker for winning over our hearts just over and over again. (laughs) ah, What a delight that young man is. Um, this has been I love basketball on the silver screen roll podcast network. You can catch our show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you want to listen to your podcasts. And we will be back every day of the week talking about the Lakers. Take care.